freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And our theme today is honoring our veterans. And in my opener, I was saying that, you know, one of the ways that we honor our veterans is by making their sacrifice worth it. You know, living the life that they fought for us to live and not just spiral into the never-ending political bickering of talking points. And so often when we flip on the news, it's like, man, is that all there is? Is that is that really all that's going on in the world is, you know, people that just want to land their talking points in our ear? And of course, that's not true. But sometimes I find myself getting a little cynical about the whole thing. But then I meet incredible people like our next guest. Our next guest is Michael Rod Rodriguez. He's a retired Special Forces Green Beret sniper and medic, deployed nine times over 21 years. A proponent of art therapy, after getting injured during his last deployment, Rod turned to blacksmithing to aid in his recovery. Rod is also only one of a handful of people who has had their portrait painted by our 43rd president of the United States, George W. Bush. Rod's likeness is hanging in the George W. Bush Presidential Library and Museum and also graces the cover of a book titled Portraits of Courage, a Commander-in-Chief's Tribute to America's Warriors. Rod's family has given incredible service to our nation. His wife has served 21 years, and now their son is currently deployed, making the 16th deployment from the Rodriguez household. And you lift my spirits and give me hope for the future. Welcome to the show, Rod. Hey, thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Uh, My husband, Dan, is my co-host. He's here as well. Hi, Rod. Thank you for being here. Hey, a pleasure meeting you, Dan. Absolutely. Well, you, uh, my daughter and I got to meet you in person when we were in Dallas recently visiting the George W. Bush Museum and made you stand there for like nine selfies while I finally got it right. And you were <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. Rod, I'm so sorry. No, 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 don't worry. I've got, I've got some of the best selfie classes I've ever got. I've been from Boston. It's, it's too easy. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I want to lean in real quick first and just talk about this passion for service. Uh, where does this come from? Where does it stem from in your life? Uh, you know, um, for me, uh, you know, growing up, you know, I, I say this frequently, you know, my first heroes growing up were my father, who's a Vietnam veteran, and my grandfather's, you know, World War II veterans. You know, those were my, my heroes, you know, very strong, silent men, um, hardworking men. And, uh, you know, I knew where they deployed. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm the oldest of, of, uh, of four boys in my family and, uh, um, you know, play war, play outside. So, you know, I, I 
my father's my father and my grandfather's never really talked about their experiences of the war, but they always talked about those they served with. You know, those to their to their left and right, uh, so to, uh, so to speak. And uh, as a child, that had a huge impact on me because you know they spoke with these men like, you know, they just hung up the phone with them or they just come from their house and they hadn't seen them since their time in combat. Um, and that really struck a chord with me. And uh, you know, my 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 family has served, and and uh, you know. We love this country, um, and that's what they had chosen to do. And, you know, I don't really – I'm not so sure if I felt it was a duty or whatever, but, you know, I wanted to be like my idols. And really mm. it was, uh, you know, my like I said, my father, grandfathers, my, my great uncles, you know, uh, they all fought and, uh, and you know, and put on the uniform when the nation called, and that's what I chose to do. That's just awesome and kind of leads me to my next question about, you know, you know, I was talking about how I myself, I have not served, my husband has not served, um, but we find ourselves, you know, passionate about the legacy that we leave behind and so serving in other ways and making sure that we, we teach the next generation about the generations that have come before and that sort of thing. But how do we continue to inspire patriotism and that and that ability to to really sign our name on the dotted line like you and your family have done to say up into and including my life I give to this country when you know so often you'll hear the the younger generations they don't even know the constitution they don't think that it's a relevant document like what do we do to overcome that and continue to instill patriotism in our our youth well i think uh you know sarah i think it i think you touched when you started um you touched on a key point you know you guys are looking for service you know and i i you know i don't believe that everybody has to put on a uniform and pick up a gun and go into a foreign land to be a patriot there's so many other ways to serve this country you know i mean and it doesn't necessarily have to be you know one of our law enforcement officers or one of our first responders or or whatever like one of my brothers is a fireman you know i mean it's just um there's so many other ways to be a good patriot you know pay your taxes follow the laws be a good citizen smile from time to time you know there you know (laughs) I, i think i mean i mean really you have no idea you know what how impactful a smile is you know i'm not trying to get off point but mm-hmm. you know just be a good person be a good citizen and understand that you know i think if we were to put aside our, our judgmental you know nature as human beings i think we would probably be better people but you also mentioned something and that's what i think the key to um the future of our country is through education so mm-hmm. there's a, a one of uh, uh mrs bush's favorite quotes it's just, and it's, it's, it speaks volumes, uh, is while children make up a quarter of our population, they are 100% of our future. Mm. Now, if everyone would, would realize that, they would understand that the future is, is, is are the little ones or the young adolescents or the teenagers, or those in college, those are the ones, those are our future. So through education, I believe we can, we can you know, secure the, the futures of freedom and liberty, which we all, I mean, we, everybody enjoys, no matter what their stance is, you know, um, and I think through education and talking about it, there's so many other ways, and you're doing it, I mean, you, you both are doing it right now in this moment, you know, um, through education, talking about it, not being aggressive about it, you know, uh, because the number one way to turn people off is to be aggressive, you know, there are times to be aggressive, I, I agree, but, uh, you know, if we just educate people and, and use facts and, and be sincere, then I, I really believe that people will want to be patriotic. They will understand. Like, I'll give you an example, like this whole 
million for the anthem and all this other stuff that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think those 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 young men, because mm-hmm. I'm older than all of them, so I think I can say that. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they understand what they're doing. You know, I really don't. Uh, I think um, they don't understand what oppression really is. They don't mm-hmm. understand. They're just, you know, not to attack them, but they're ignorant. They have no idea what they're doing. They just want to, hey, I want to do something, and it's albeit in good taste, or I mean in poor taste. They just don't mm-hmm. know what they're doing. But if I think if they, if they had proper guidance, uh, is education and really how to make a positive influence in their community, they wouldn't be doing that. Well, Rod, I see the. I, the education system doesn't seem to be supporting what we're talking about here. I think it has to go to the parents, the families. They need to bring these stories about their fathers and their grandfathers and what they did. The schools aren't doing it right now. They're teaching kids something different. Yeah, you know, you're, you're, yeah, the, the, you find most of us drive or, or draw who we are from our parenting how are we brought up right you know mm-hmm. and and i agree it's just through education and and i i think you said it <laughs> you know uh talk about what our grandparents did talk about it. You, it start a dialogue but start a truthful dialogue and take out your opinions start a truthful dialogue with your families and like hey so what what did grandpa do what did great grandfather you know great grandpa do or how did they how were they how how did they contribute to this country and, and they realized that Man, it was all about others before self, and I think, unfortunately, with the current, you know, the way the way uh, socially we've been kind of drifting, everyone's all about themselves before others. You know, we, I mean, uh, if we look at one of one of our our, our greatest uh, presidents was John F. Kennedy, I believe, and um, as a leader, uh, he was a Democrat, but he said something that you're not going to find. You know, that side of the aisle saying is ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your countries. And that was highly admired and looked at and and, and, and uh, people try to emulate that. And I think if we go back to that servant, uh, servant first, others mm-hmm. first, servant leadership, I think we will definitely secure, you know, like, you know, like I mentioned a minute ago, the future, uh, you know, freedoms and liberties that we all do enjoy. You know, people have to stop thinking about themselves. Right. Think about others, you know, and and continue find your way to serve. If you want to change the world, start with yourself. You know, and your local community. Right. When when I was I graduated in seven early seventies, and all of us wanted to go to Vietnam and help fight the fight. And uh, unfortunately, the friends and I we we didn't get to go because they stopped the war right then. But we had that sense of wanting to serve, and they don't have it anymore. Well, and no, and you know. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, yeah, so I think we've cultivated a culture where, and this is what scares me most about that whole kneeling for the anthem. Yeah. I mean, they have their right. They can do whatever sure. they want. You right. know, but this is what scares me the most. Those in, those individuals that choose to do that, mm-hmm. they have, they're role models. Yes. They don't realize that. And they're yes. cultivating a culture of people that aren't proud or don't love this country. Now, this is, remember I mentioned the children, they're our future. If we cultivate a culture, a future generation of those that don't love this country, who's going to fight for it? If you look at the numbers that served in World War II, 11 per, World War II, 11 percent of the population served. Korea, we had seven percent. Vietnam, four percent. Post 9/11, we have had less than one percent of the population served. Mm. You know, put on the uniform. And those are those that choose to fight. And if that number is only going to get smaller because of you know, and and, I'm, and I hope no, your listeners or you guys don't take this the wrong way, but because of families like mine, 
This okay. is what we this is what we chose to do. This is this my children's socialization was service to others first. They have made mm-hmm. they didn't make the choices to serve. You know, I had twenty one years, my wife had twenty one years, my oldest son hits two years here in a week. Um and it's just it's just what we do. You know so because we've we've cultivated that culture. And Rod, exactly. even with nine eleven, it still hasn't really even with something that tragic, the people haven't woke up. Um, a lot of them have forgotten about it. And so we are losing I, that. I, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. I think people have forgotten about it, and uh, you know, because one thing I do remember um, is how how tragic. Of course, everyone remembers how tragic and, and impactful those events were. But I guarantee, outside of the the shock and and general fear and and everything, the one thing everybody can remember and identify with and remember was the unity we all felt in that day. Because Amen. that day, every single person was American. They weren't, you know, they didn't identify themselves, you know, by their culture, by their heritage, by their religion, by their sexuality. No, 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 no. They, that was completely secondary or, or tertiary. Every single person was American, every single person. And that was an attack on not just the United States, but, you know, freedom globally, because we saw the reaction in, uh, uh, in, in the world. You know, there, there, there are no shortage of 9-11 memorials outside these borders. Right. That's why I think Americans kind of have lost sight of the fact that, you know, we've grown up uh, in a bubble. Right. We really have. You right. know, we were, we're, we've been afforded the opportunity to share a border with uh, two nations that are are, are are zero threat to us, and you know we've cultivated and 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 created these people that are and and it's and it's right. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I love the fact that Americans share mm-hmm. and and enjoy this this general sense of security, but they they don't they don't see the larger picture. Whereas a lot of other countries that are much older than ours, their people and their ancestors remember what it's like to be invaded and know what it's like. I think last time we were invaded was Pancho Villa. He didn't make it too far <laughs> in New Mexico. You know, General Pershing was waiting on him. And, it's true. You know, you're saying um, we're spoiled so. and you're saying we're lazy and I am agreeing with you. <laughs> and uh, we've got to cut for commercial real fast and uh, if you'll stick around, we've got so much more to, to talk with you about on the other side of these commercials. Can you hang in there with us? Sure will. Awesome. All right. Well, stick around. We've got more with Michael Rod Rodriguez, a retired Special Forces Green Beret sniper and medic, right after this. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. 
Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we even cut out one of our commercials because we were so excited to get back to our conversation with our guest today on our themed show called Honoring Our Veterans. And Michael Rod Rodriguez is a retired Special Forces Green Beret sniper and medic. He was deployed nine times over 21 years. His wife has served 21 years. Their son is currently deployed. And all told, their family has six deployments out of the Rodriguez household so uh, we just thank you uh, Rod and your entire family for their service and for the example that you are setting for our future generations and welcome back to the show oh again thank you thank you guys for having me I can't tell you I've been looking forward to, to, to this since we talk about the show awesome well me too and as soon as we cut to commercial Dan said uh, we need two hours for rod we you know we've got two segments we needed two <laughs> hours so we're definitely gonna be asking you back on but uh, I want to lean a little bit now into uh, the art therapy and and the reason that that you are using art therapy so in your deployments, you sustained injuries. In your last one, uh, one of those injuries blinded you in one eye. You've experienced TBIs, which of course is traumatic brain injury, and PTS, you say specifically we don't use the D anymore, it's not PTSD, and we could talk about that a little bit. Um, And you've experienced re-entry into civilian life with these conditions. You recently spoke to a group of war fighters returning from Afghanistan about these invisible wounds of war. And sometimes I wish that we civilians actually had someone to help us understand how to better help and talk to and interact with our veterans. So what, if you can share, did you say to this group who just returned? And what would you say to those of us who haven't served? Oh, sure. Not not a problem. Um... So yeah, you talked about my last trip. Yeah, I, I I did lose sight in my eye, uh, my left eye. Um, but it it came back, but it just ended up being uh, my my eyes. I like to joke about it when people ask well, why my eyes are different colors and I have to wear prosthetics. Is my eyes turned into a, a married couple? They stopped communicating. <laughs> so uh, I don't. I have horrible double vision. Uh, so I can see out of that other eye now. It's just oh. not talking to my other other one. Okay. Just to clarify how that works. And yeah, the only but, time yeah, Danny so, and I um, talk is wow. when we're on the air. So you've got that right. So it's like <laughs> <laughs> 32 years of that. Yeah. Yes. So go oh, on. Wow. Well, that is, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I was in seven special forces group. And um, so they just returned from Afghanistan and they were running the siege of soda. Well, while they were over there, uh, they had 19 special forces group attached to them. And uh, their unit asked me to talk to them pre-deployment. And while they were down there, they had heard that I had talked to them. So they asked me to come down and talk to them post-deployment. And really what I talked to them um, was really, you know, when you come home, um, it's, it's reality. We're all different. There's no way to do your job, whatever piece it is, uh, and come back uh, the same. Because, you know, we humans are changed by their experiences. That's what... That's what makes us who we are. Mm-hmm. So it's not really necessarily a bad thing. When I say we come back different, it's I don't want to say it, it, it's it's a bad thing. You know, we come back um, a lot of times uh, a lot wiser, and you know, we we understand we we've seen the brutality uh, that's reality, unfortunately. So so really, what I talked to them about was 
it's it's completely normal. You know, and when I say that, that this applies to civilians. This applies to everyone. It applies to humans. Anytime you're exposed to certain traumas, whether it's, you know, the death of a close one, right, uh, when your buddies overseas is right next to you, or whether it's witnessing some of the, some of the, some of the stuff that happens over there, whether I saw it or I did it or it happened to me, um, it, it affects you. And that's normal. That's completely normal. So a lot of times when we come back from those events or deployments, uh, and this happens to civilians, when a traumatic event happens to them, they feel bad for feeling bad, mm. which is completely, I mean, it's, it's counterintuitive. It's kind of a negative feedback. Why do I feel bad for feeling bad? It's going to make me feel worse. That doesn't make sense. So I like to use an analogy. Um, when it's, it's good to feel because if you didn't feel, you'd be a sociopath. And I don't know anybody that wants to be a sociopath. Mm. You know, by placing value in human life and no matter where it is, of course it's going to strike you. And that's a good thing. That's being human. Mm. You know, and but somewhere along the line through our socialization process, we started to feel that having emotion was a bad thing. And it's not, you know, from a warfighter's perspective, it is not. It is mm-hmm. not. And I talk about it quite frequently. So what we were talking about down there, and like I said, it applies to everybody. You know, it's normal to feel, you know, I, and, and here's an example. So whenever you're talking with someone to say a one on one conversation and then you start being overcome with emotion, don't you always apologize? Don't you ever place your hand on their shoulder or, mm. or, or lean in if you're starting to get teary and say, I'm sorry, and you apologize. Why do we do that? Never once in my life have I been filled with joy and felt the need to apologize. Have you ever done like, <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry, I'm so happy. Right. No, we don't. We don't do that. Right? Uh, that's a good point. They, so if you think about it in, in those terms, is why do I feel bad for having human emotion? Why do I feel bad for being a passionate, caring individual? Mm. So that was that was the basis. And obviously, we talked a lot about, uh, about a lot of other things and, and and communication amongst the family. But um, that was the basis of it, you know. And really, with post traumatic stress, we have to understand that anytime you hear people say post traumatic stress or, you know, uh, PTSD, you know. Um, Everyone automatically assumes, oh, that's a veteran issue. No, it's not. There are millions and millions of Americans and millions and millions of, of, of people in the world that face and fight post-traumatic stress every single day. It, mm. it, 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 it's not a veteran issue. It's a human issue. It, mm. If you go back and look at some of the readings um, or some of the writings of the Trojan War, seriously, as far back as that, you're going to find evidence of post-traumatic stress. You will. You're going to read it. You're going to see it. If there has been this uh, it, it, is, it, it has affected mankind as long as there has been warfare. Anytime there's been conflict, it's just it's going to affect you. And what you do with it is your individual choice. Every single one of us is defined by our actions. So you can either let it own you or you can own it. You can face it. You can aggress it yourself. You know, they, uh, you know one of the things I told them down there when we were talking about some of the emotions and stuff we carry around, um, you have to clearly identify it. You know, you have to clearly identify your enemy. You know, I, I used to box and fight, and never once would I ever step in a cage with a blindfold on. So why am I going to do it when it comes to trying to get better or mm. feel to face what what issues and obstacles that I, that I face? It doesn't make sense. Never once do, does anybody leave the wire overseas if they don't know the enemy. So right. why do we choose to do that with our own selves? You know, and people there's this there's this general feeling that you know uh, vulnerability is weakness it's not weakness vulnerability and weakness are two separate things it takes strength to admit and face what you're carrying around with you everybody is vulnerable to that just like everybody is vulnerable to 
you know, if I take a ball peen hammer to your leg, I'm probably going to break your leg, right? That's that's normal, right? So right. if you look about it in those terms, people understand and they accept it. The second you accept these things as normal, you can face them, own them, and and overcome them. You know, and that was really a lot what we talked about. And that applies to everybody. It's not just the military community. That applies to anyone, whether it's a physical injury, like some of the, the neurological uh, deficits I have from all my brain injuries, or whether it's the post-traumatic stress that I carry around. You know, another thing is I'm not ashamed. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not embarrassed to say it. Mm-hmm. I am. It, it, it's. There's no shame in being human. There's no shame in feeling emotion. Wow, that's so powerful. Um, and our time is getting so tight. But I. I want to definitely. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to talk about um, how you've channeled some of that energy into art oh. therapy, and uh, right. talk to us about that for a minute. Yeah, sure. So while I was at the National Therapy Center of Excellence, NICO, for all of my injuries, part of the treatment protocol was art therapy. So you tell any barrel-chested freedom fighter, hey, we're going to do art. They're probably going to be like, uh, no, I'm not. It was part of the protocol. So are we scrapbooking? What are we doing? It. I don't <laughs> Yeah, I no, know, right? No. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah, so, but it was painting. Um, so what I found within painting, you had to paint a mask and then a collage, but the mask was a message to yourself. Mm. So I found with trying to tell myself something that I wouldn't readily admit, this was before I had faced and, and owned my own uh, fight. Um, I found within art, there's an ability to express yourself. Uh, you know, art takes on its own, it takes on a life of its own. You can say things that you, that, that sometimes words fall short or perhaps the words don't really exist in the human language. Art is the, is, is, is the, has been around as a form of communication, you know, right after the spoken word, because we have cave paintings that have been around hundreds of thousands of years to prove this. Mm -hmm. So art has the ability to express and, and share a story and take on a life of its own where, you know, telling the story doesn't. And there are so many other forms of art, you know, mine shifted to blacksmithing and, and making sharp pointy things sometimes, you know, I'm a commando, so it kind of went the whole commando art route, you know, but um, mm-hmm. it, it, there's so many other ways. Art can be what the two of you are doing on this radio. Art can be hmm. that of a parent. You can be, a, you know, art can be with your voice. Art can be anything, and I truly believe that if everyone is an artist, you just have to wait. What, how are you going to express yourself? How are you going to communicate? And through art, I mean, it, it, you, you're able to... For me, anyway, when I'm making uh, some of my pieces, um, you know, I'm able to process and go through a lot of the stuff that I carry around, you know, and I find peace. Well, well, and, then, and then I threw, I'm sorry, I threw shade on scrapbooking only because I have relatives that keep trying to suck me into scrapbooking and I am terrible at it. So I know that scrapbooking is also <laughs> cathartic and art as well. So I, you know, if scrapbookers out there, I apologize. <laughs> Rod, I want to talk about this knife. I, I, I read a little bit about this knife that you made uh, out of a 308 round for the pommel and then oh, the yeah. steel. Tell, can yeah. you tell me about that? Yeah. Yes. So um, the, uh, it went for auction uh, Monday evening at, a, at an event for the Green Beret Foundation. And uh, so the very first dagger I ever made, I gave to President Bush. Uh, I modeled it after a V-42, but I called it a V-43, which kind of took on the namesake of our 43rd Commander-in-Chief. Um, but th- with it, you know, I, I told a message, you know, and I put, every time I make something, there's a piece of me in it. 
And me being a sniper, of course, the pommel, I got a 1118 LR uh, from Lake City, which is where we get our, our sniper ammunition, um, a 308 round, and I incorporated that into the pommel. But within the within the pommel, I, I, I because I've never sold anything I've ever made, I've only donate them or give them as gifts. Uh, I donate them for, for charities or donate them for give them as gifts to like President Bush or like Prince Harry has a dagger of mine and Mrs. Bush and some other people. But um, um, so awesome. I was the, some of the curators of the 9-11 relics found me and they said, hey, if we entrust you with some of these items, you'd be able to use them. And I was like, of course. So within the pommel, uh, through the, through the, I drilled out the, uh, where the primer would be, so it'd be a larger opening. I created a spike, which you're going to find on a, on a, on a, on a real V-42. Um, but it was North Tower steel. And it was from that was recovered from that fateful day, 9-11, by some first responders. Um, and when I use that stuff, I always tell people, look, I, I'm not using this steel to make you feel bad. And, and we kind of already touched on this earlier. You know, I want people to look at the relics that I use, whether it's a piece of the Pentagon or, or shale recovered from the crater from Flight 93 or either of the north or south towers. You know, I have pieces from all four uh, crash sites. Um, I want people to remember what it what we felt that day as an American, how unified and strong we are, and really that's a reminder of who we are as an American culture. That's we are every single person within this country. We're, we're a very diverse group, but there's an American culture that you know. I travel the world, and, and it goes everywhere with us. You know, and that's that was the uh, the piece that I uh, that I recently uh, donated. So so cool. And if people want to go on our website and find your guest page, our website is gunfreedomradio.com and click the guest tab and and find Michael Rod Rodriguez. There's links to your Facebook page where you've posted pictures of that and. We are so out of time, but uh, we're going to have you back in the future. And I want to talk to you at that time about what it's like to be painted by the guy you call the boss. And you'd refer to the boss. <laughs> yeah, if you, if, yeah, your buddy, your pal just happens to yeah. be uh, President George W. Bush. Um, and uh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to continue to challenge you just on my behalf. Just one time. Just call him W. Just do it. Just just one time. Will you do it for me? Probably not, right? <laughs> Will do. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for, for coming on, and God bless you, and God bless your family, and thank you again so much for your service. Uh, definitely we will be reaching back out and having you back on if you'll come. Yeah, I will, and I want to thank you guys for doing what you do because, you know, the future is through education, and uh, I want to thank you both for the service you're providing to us all. Well, and thank you. And I, I think that the next time we have you on, we'll have you on for two hours, and I'll tell Cheryl not to talk. How about that? <laughs> it's never that me not talking. Good luck with that. All right. Thank you again, Michael Rod Rodriguez, retired Special Forces Green Beret sniper and medic. Thank you so much, Rod. Bye bye. Thank you, guys. Uh-huh, bye bye. All right. Coming up right after this, our friend Frank DeSoma. He's the owner of Patriot Ordnance Factory, POF USA, talking about their grand opening to their new facility here in Arizona. Stick around.
Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy, and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are so glad you're here with us today. And if you've missed any portion at all, you are definitely want, going to want to go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and just go ahead and binge listen to all the episodes that we've done. And you can also click on the Guest tab and you can see all of the guests we've ever had on. There's pictures of them. There's links to books they've written, to articles that have been written about them, to videos they've made. Um, anything that, that has to do with them, it's a great resource of information and a lot of fun to just kind of stick around and, and click around. All right, well, our next guest is sitting in studio with us, Mr. Frank DeSoma. He is the owner of Patriot Ordnance Factory. You know it as POF USA, which was the first company to take the gas piston AR to market and has been leading the way with their revolutionary platform innovations ever since. They have just built a brand new facility here in Arizona and they are gearing up for their grand opening welcome to the show frank good morning yep well we are so excited and um i can't wait to see your new facility but talk to us about uh why why now like what was the reason right now to expand and and expand freedom because i know what you guys build there is Man, american freedom you took the words ah! right out of my mouth <laughs> she'll do that frank she'll do that it's freedom think about it Everything we have today, even these mics we talk about, the technology to send our voice across the world, 
It's been created because of freedom. Tell me one word in our vocabulary, in the English vocabulary that I speak, that you could say that there was a gift, and it's not a gift <laughs> by any means, but a gift to each one of us, our individual right of choice. Mm. That individual right of choice made us have the ability to chase whatever dreams, to fail, to succeed, to keep striving, to never quit. And when you have a passionate idea and you follow through with passionate and being passionate what you do and you care about what you do, the byproduct is revenue that's made so you can put a roof over your head for mm -hmm. your family and feed your family and put clothes on your family and send them to school. All that is all the byproduct of what you do. So if you actually care about what you do, it becomes not work. And unfortunately, here a lot of people when a hobby becomes business for you, it kind of takes a little bit away from you. And in some ways, that's true. There's nice things like my big thing is to get out and say, hey, honey, let's go see a movie, have a dinner and a movie. <laughs> no, that's Where a big... before it'd be shooting and shooting and shooting, <laughs> right? <laughs> now there's just not time, yeah. right? So dinner and a movie, that is a, a big date, right? Yeah, So, but freedom's the reason why a person like myself, the American dream is still alive. Mm. I'm no better than any person that's listening or walking this planet. I'm just another human being mm. that actually cares and loves about my country because it afforded me the ability because of veterans, men and women that that laid their lives down mm -hmm. the, and fought for freedom to safeguard us that gave me the ability to strive for things. So at the end of the day, I'm very, very, very appreciative and very, very, very blessed for what we have because the American dream was tasted here. We sold a rental house that we had, the wife and I, and I asked my wife if I could borrow or use $25,000. So $25,000 and a desire and passion to do something and now we're moving into just under a 30,000 square foot factory. But we started out of our home. Right. In the den for the right. office and our garage to create things. Wow. It's no different than, say, since we're in the firearms industry, say, Remington or Ru not Ruger, but um, Remington, Winchester, Colt, mm -hmm. you know, some famous names and that have a s historical ties to our country. But Frank, you said that you're no different than any other person. That's not necessarily true because you put the sacrifices, the work, the risks, the hours of extra hours to get this thing done. You made that happen. Now, everybody has that opportunity, but you made it happen. Yes. It's, it's something that you have to choose to do. It's scary. Yeah. If it, I could tell you this much. My wife has a lot to do with this. If it wasn't for my wife, I was also scared. I worked my aerospace job mm -hmm. full time. I refused to quit while my company was starting to grow. She pushed me to do it. When I finally did it, I said, man, I should have did this three years ago. And she said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I told her head. you so, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was right. She believed in me more than I believe because I was more in fear, not for myself, but for my children and mm -hmm. my family, the mm -hmm. household. 
It's so I think that's risk. what holds back some people yeah. from trying things because they're worried about their house, household. And I think some of the things that instilled me, if you want to go by that, is listening to my father at times or my uncle saying I could have, mm. I should have, and talking about other friends that they grew up that did certain things and they tried. Whether they succeeded or failed, they tried. Wow. And that's the blessings of freedom Amen. is trying trying to do something. Whether you fail, okay, so learn from that and carry on. Amen. I mean, learning, whether it's positive or negative, failures are a great learning tool just as long as succeeding. Absolutely. So before we run out of time, sorry. And no, don't say sorry. That was so inspirational. And, you know, even those of us that are already doing it, we need a shot of that every once in a while because it gets, you know, we you get a little worn down. With the, we all need a wake up call. Yeah. We are extremely blessed. Yeah. Amen. Of a nation and a group of people. United we stand, divided mm. we fall. So true. And that is so true. Those simple words that were echoed from our forefathers that were brilliant, mm -hmm. brilliant men. Just like, say, say our first president, George Washington. Mm -hmm. I have to say that if I have to pick one, he would be the number one choice for, for this and only this. They were trying to bestow him of becoming king and he chose freedom and refused to be a monarchy right that that selfish act selfless act. yeah selfless act yeah. ignited yeah. a nation oh so true so talk to us about this grand opening where is it when is it who can come well you've been invited but we've sent um messages out and emails to people that um, we work with and do business with media too. But it's November 11th, Veterans Day. Perfect. From six at night to 10 at night. Awesome. So people have things to do during the day, we understand that. But we wanna celebrate the grand opening with people that we enjoy to be around and um, that have done business with us, friends, um, people in the industry, marketing people. And we wanna show what we created and what we've done. So it's something to be proud of. And there's something else that's really important on that day hmm. that's personal to me. Talk to us about November it. November 11th, 1992. Mm -hmm. 8.30 in the morning, I said goodbye to my family. Hmm. I had a brain tumor. What? But it wasn't malignant, that's why I'm here. Wow. So 25 years from that date, I'm celebrating opening of a new factory we built of a business that we created that's grown. Wow. It's something that I'm so blessed because I'm gonna look out amongst all the people there, just like here. I would have never met anyone here. Right. Or known anyone. Right. Even my grandchildren or my youngest daughter, I would have never known them if I wasn't here. So wow. I'm really, really, really blessed. Yes, you are. That's well, awesome. And and really it takes us back around to that, you know, if not now, when, right? Take the tech yeah. chance, take the risk, yeah. live out your dreams. Because if you hadn't done that. Yeah. Oh, what My a father's with me. He died that same year on Father's Day. Oh, wow. Three months later, I found that I had a brain tumor. 
my wife went through, I would say, a living hell dealing with me, but I survived. They took the brain and left the tumor in so it could grow. <laughs> 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 oh, that's awesome. Oh, oh, my gosh. If you ask her, she may question that at yeah, times. Right? Oh, my goodness. You got to laugh at it. But in all sincerity, I'm really blessed. And I didn't think about it because we wanted our open art. We had delays during manufacturing or construction oh, of our always, factory right always. the goal was to have our opening on july 4th oh wow this is even better yeah. because it really touches my heart you know my chords to me emotionally because yeah. it really really means something so veterans day has a lot of meetings for me freedom 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 and freedom yeah and me being extremely blessed to Still see people there. to meet people i would have never met how awesome so Thank you for sharing that. Yes. I had I did not know yeah, that. That's a personal I, thing that and it I'm will all teary eyed now and full of goosebumps. So you yeah, got sorry. me. No, don't be no. sorry at all. So real fast before we have to run, we know when your grand opening is, and it sounds like that's kind of invitation only. But once you're open, you're open. So tell folks where your location is, and then what's new in your line since we talked about okay. a year ago. So it's the address is fourteen ninety two victory lane and my wife had hand in that and dealing with the city because we built from dirt constructed a we bought it in victory lane it was exciting because it's kind of like saying hey we're getting across the finish line we right? are victoring what we're doing we're moving forward and she got to pick the address with the city of phoenix and in talking with them we had a choice of addresses from 1460 to 1499 the guy said how about 1492 when Columbus sailed the, the ocean, ocean blue? blue. Awesome. It was like <laughs> done. Bingo. <laughs> That's fantastic. So it's really, really cool that we picked it. And you know what's funnier than that? Hmm. It's almost like it's happening for a purpose or a reason. Guess what day we moved into our plant? Tell me. Columbus Day. Oh my gosh. You couldn't All have planned it. The stars are aligning. You couldn't have planned it because we were delayed. We were supposed to be in the plan at the end of June, June 30th, but construction delay, 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 right. delay. Right. I mean, what was the odds of us? Have being actually moving all our capital equipment and getting into the new factory on Columbus Day at God the address of 1492. Guy. Right, God my is dad a funny guy. up in heaven with my uncle are just <laughs> laughing at me. I love it. That's awesome. All right, so real fast, what is new in your line since we talked to you about a year ago and then we have to run? Okay. Well, we got Rifle of the Year this year in 2017 from the Industry Choice Awards for the Revolution. The, the 762 Revolution. Revolution. We engineered an AR-15, not an AR-10, but an AR-15 to shoot 308 762 by 51. And it was chosen by people in the industry that did tests and with a lot of names and products involved. Extremely proud about that. We're coming out this year with Glock slides and starting to delve into the pistol market. And we will have a pro shop at our factory so people be able to come to the factory and see it. And I wanna surprise them because I wanna do something special. I wanna do, I gotta come up with the right name, but some type of a POF experience. And what, what I mean by that is I want something when you buy something to have a little personal 
touch and meaning to it. You'll get to come into the factory, go through a mini armors course as you're building your PO, your very own POF rifle Whoa. yourself. We'll go do dinner, and the next day we'll go out shooting it for three or four hours. So oh, if you messed it up, you didn't listen in <laughs> class, and the rest of the people can make fun of you as we fix your gun for you That's and awesome. show you what you did wrong. That's awesome. So I think I think that would be a really great thing, and I'd like to ultimately do that as a once-a-month experience. So you'll actually come in the factory. You'll build it. You'll get trained on what we do, why we do what we do because you'll have a mini armors course and i think that'd be a really cool experience for people so they'll have some emotional tie yeah, to that product kind of like if you're building a streetcar or a truck or a jeep or whatever yeah. where guys trick them out the yeah. same things with firearms they personalize them wow. hey i built this at the factory that, that is awesome is you know we awesome. get people all the time that come in that try to do that and we end up fixing them for them. So this is a great program because you're going to actually be instructing them how to do it instead of yeah. trying to figure it out on the internet. That's awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, we do have to run, but gosh darn, I'm excited to come see your new place and uh, just tell folks again where it's located and what your hours will be after your grand opening, which is uh, November 11th. Okay, our address is uh, 1492 West Victory Lane, in Phoenix, Arizona. We're up in the Deer Valley Air Park area, a brand new factory. Um, our hours will be from eight to five. Um, and on Fridays, it's eight to 3.30. Um, are they gonna have a, are you gonna have a retail store there too? Yeah, it'll be a small pro shop, I would say. We would, you know, show merchandise, some parts and stuff like that. We will still sell our rifles through dealers, through the mm -hmm. dealer network. We won't be doing 4473s there. So they, they won't be able to buy a rifle there, but they no, can buy accessories no. there. That's that's yeah. good. That protects yeah. your dealers and... That's the purpose of it. But we want to get people excited about the POF brand and get mm -hmm. to know it a little bit more personally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in and actually being in studio. It's fun for us when we get to actually see somebody that we're talking to. Uh, so please... Uh, just good luck and God bless and uh, everybody, you know, reach out and check out their website even, which is www.pof-usa.com. And you put the dash in there. Correct. Awesome. Well, Frank DeSoma, owner of Patriot Ordnance Factory, POF USA, living the American dream, enjoying his freedom. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, stick around. We're going to have a short uh, segment when we come back to do our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report. And uh, no Dan's commentary today. Oh. No, that's okay. <laughs> you know what? I, I had a great day today. We had some great guests on, and I'm okay, okay with that. Yeah. yeah okay All right, stick around. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? 
Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Pot of Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at potofgoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Collier sent you. Welcome back and thanks for sticking around with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Well, this is the time of our show that we we like to have time to squeeze in, and we just do today. It's our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report because Responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense. And 200,000 times a year, a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow, we never or rarely hear these stories on network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. Today we have a clip from Tennessee, where Danger walked into a church, the house of God. Even there, Danger can visit us. On this particular Sunday, Danger met his match in a young 22-year-old man who had called that church his spiritual home for his entire life. Caleb is the heroic young man's name. And in religious texts and tradition, the name Caleb signifies a loyal and protective animal, the dog. Those of us who make it our life's mission to protect others often refer to ourselves as sheepdogs. We watch over the flock and protect those who cannot protect themselves. So often you hear the politicians who would remove our rights to self-defense try to portray gun owners as aggressive or looking for a fight, but nothing could be further from the truth. Most of us, so like those who dedicate their lives to law enforcement, and so like our veterans, carry and use our tools of defense only to protect and defend. And with the spirit of Caleb, the spirit of a sheepdog, we stop danger wherever he strikes out to inflict harm and murderous intent. And I am sure the parishioners of Caleb's church are thanking God that he was there that day and that he was a responsibly armed citizen. 
New tonight, the man being called an extraordinarily brave person by Metro Police has been released from the TriStar Medical Center. He is home recovering. Robert Caleb Engel was pistol whipped by the gunman after confronting him. Tonight, Engel released this statement. I've been going to this church my whole life since I was a small child. I would have never ever thought something like this would have happened. I ask everyone to pray for the victims, family members of the victims, our church community. Please pray for healing. Also please pray for the shooter, the shooter's family and friends. They are hurting as well. He goes on to say, I pray that through all of this, that people will come to know Christ and I ask our nation to reflect on Romans 8.31. If God is for us, who can be against us? When complimented about his heroism, he stated, I do not want to be labeled a hero. The real heroes are the police, first responders, and medical staff, and doctors who have helped me and everyone affected. He also says he hopes for privacy for all involved. Wow. Even our churches... Mm-hmm. It's, it's just amazing that politicians are trying to keep us from protecting ourselves. It's so true because it can happen anywhere. But I think the main thing that I'm just so taken with in this story is that he even asks people to pray for the shooter, for the guy that, that endangered lives and you know, to try to take him and paint him in the same light as somebody who's aggressive or out looking for a fight is just, you know, such a stark example of how the politicians, they don't know who we are and they don't represent us when they, they say some of the nonsense they say. But we do have to close out and wrap up. What an amazing day we had today. Such awesome people we got to talk to in, on our themed show, Honoring Our Veterans. I do pray that we, we have with our work today honored our veterans. And so as we go out, I just would like everyone, uh, well, first of all, to thank our, our listeners and thank our guests and thank our studio crew so much for the work they do. But as we go out, please join us in praying for our nation. Please also pray for our leaders. All of them? All of them, Dan. Okay. Even the ones you don't like, especially the ones you don't like. All right. Be, <laughs> be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Our founding fathers here in this country brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advanced beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. <laughs>